Thanks for listening to another life-transforming message from the team here at C3 Southwest Washington. To find out more about our church, visit c3swwa.com. Hey church family, many of you already know that Rowena and I will be taking some time off in August, but not to worry, we'll be enjoying some of the best speakers on the planet, and you can expect our normal Sunday morning live stream on Facebook and YouTube, as well as our live stream watch parties and our Sunday uh, 5.30 live gathering, all of which will be awesome as always. That being said, let's dive into our series, The Best Worst. In Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, we read these words, You planned evil against me, but God used those same plans for my good. These were the words Joseph expressed to his brothers some 15 years after they sold him into a human trafficking ring, which led to him becoming a slave in the house of Potiphar, which led then to his incarceration. And then through a bizarre twist of events, he found himself before Pharaoh to interpret a God-given dream about an upcoming drought. When Pharaoh saw the touch of God on his life to interpret the dream and the wisdom he possessed, he placed Joseph in charge of the entire plan to keep the nation from experiencing famine, which then brought him back together with his brothers who needed food. And as they stood before him, they were afraid for their lives. And after all they did to Joseph, they should have been. But Joseph saw the hand of God in it all. He saw the best in spite of the very worst. And he went on to express a profound biblical truth when he said, you planned evil against me, but God used those same plans for my good. Our series, The Best Worst, leans into this very idea that God is able to do some of his very best work in our lives during some of the very worst of circumstances. So today, I want you to grab your Bible, your pen, your paper, and enjoy this special message from Pastor Seth Brooks, who with his wife Kaz and two children lead C3 Church in Northeast Portland. Seth is a close friend who we partner with monthly to serve in their church's food pantry, and what a pantry that is. If you yet to serve there, get signed up today. I know you will absolutely appreciate the word Pastor Seth has prepared for you today. Hello, C3 Southwest Washington. Pastor Seth Brooks here from C3 Church just over the river in Northeast Portland. I want to start out by just saying thank you so much, Pastor Steve and Pastor Rowena, for the invitation to share today. I'm so honored to be invited. You know, C3 Southwest Washington has been an amazing influence in our church over the past 12 months as we press into the opportunities that have sort of presented as a result of the season that we have been in. Uh, You know, I just want to say thank you, particularly to the team under the capable leadership of our brother from another mother, Daniel Gill, Uh, your very own Daniel Gill, who's been coming to serve with a team, the long line of people, as they receive food assistance. You know, this uh, in the last month or two, we've served 15,000 people and uh, over the last eight weeks I think it is and I just want to thank you church for standing with us in this season a season of great need and we are so blessed by your partnership with us you know today as we come around God's word I want to ask the question 
Have you ever been in the situation where you're feeling kind of urgent, there's kind of a restlessness that's pushing you forward, a needful sense to make a difference? You want to make a difference to step into what God has for your life. There's like a God-built sort of urgent need to push beyond limitation. And you're kind of conscious that I'm called to more than what I'm currently doing. You know, sometimes you can have a sense of being stuck in the moment. The Bible tells of when Moses was stuck in the moment for 40 years. They weren't wasted years. There were years when God was doing things. You know, limitation where the external limitations are obvious, the internal ones are sometimes harder to identify and often only really forced out under pressure, you know, for different people. The limitations are different. A sense of inadequacy, a sense of fear or financial limitation, family, season of life, too old, too young, too this, too that. God's desire is to use us beyond the level of our comfort and beyond the level of natural possibility that we would occupy territory that's beyond our limits. God has large plans for us on the earth, C3 Southwest Washington. Well, that's very good, Pastor Seth, but it doesn't really apply to my life. I'm good. Man, I've got it together. I'm clear chart, clear course. I'm good for other people to step into those crazy places and spaces. But, you know, I've just got myself charted. My course is set. Well, God has a habit of stepping into those plans. You know, we're going to head into the Old Testament right now to a time when Moses kind of had his life planned and sorted. Nothing too crazy to speak of on the horizon. He was geared for retirement. He was 80 years old. The day, though, where we're focusing on, well, there was a big conversation going on on Mount Sinai, and it was between Moses and God. It was a big conversation where God opens up his plans, his potential to the now 80-year-old Moses had spent the last 40 years on the backside of the desert. God had been working inner formation on his heart for 40 years, allowing the natural capacities to die. And then there's this moment where God is ready. And it's found in Exodus chapter 4. And it's what we refer to as the burning bush moment, the burning bush conversation. And it's really a moment where something specific is highlighted in the life of Moses. The gap between God's capacity and his natural capacity. And funnily enough, the more we hang around God, the more something becomes clear. His plans for us are spacious and expansive, large and voluminous and big and larger than our comfort level. They exist beyond the internal and external confines that we frequently settle into. Spaces that we would refer to as our comfort zones. Because God's plans for us exist beyond quitting points and pain thresholds and even beyond the very way we perceive ourselves. God loves to cause us to need Him in our story to fulfil it. So let's pick up this story God has just told him that he's going to send Moses to Egypt to tell Pharaoh, let my people go. And straight away he feels exposed by all that he's not. Moses is conscious, me? Me to speak? And he starts listing all the things that he feels limited by. 
And in Exodus chapter 4, verse 1 to 4, the story is told. And we'll start off. Moses answered, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say the Lord didn't appear to you? And then the Lord said to him, what's that in your hand? A staff, he replies. You know, there's always something in our hands. The widow of Zarephath had the last of her grain. That was what was in her her. Her, her hand and God through it worked a miracle there was the widow that owed the creditors they wanted to take her children all she had was the last jar of oil but she had something in her hand there was a time when 5,000 people had no food what were they to do but a little boy had something in his hand five loaves and two small fish for lunch well what Moses had in his hand was his staff what is it that God's put into our hand Maybe it's your business. Maybe it's a particular skill set. What's in your hand today? Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's one of your kids. Maybe it's a skill. Well, for Moses, his staff, it represented the familiar. It was something he had grown familiar with over many years. He, had, he was accomplished with it. And for a shepherd, which is what Moses had been spending decades doing, a staff was just part of the gig. It was tied up, part and parcel of shepherding. It's kind of just what you had around. It was what was in your hand. He had a staff. You know, a staffless shepherd was an ineffective shepherd. Shepherds had staffs for a reason. And God says in verse 3, the Lord said to him, throw it on the ground. Say what? Throw it on the ground. Throw your staff on the ground. God speaks to him to release the staff. Throw it on the ground. Now, who here knows the basic physics of staffs? Who here knows a staff is useful when it's in your hands? You can grab it if it has like grab things with it. If it has a hooked end, you can prod things with it. You can hit snakes with it. You can practice your nunchuck skills with it. I don't know. Who knows that when you release the staff, and let go of the staff from your hand, your capacity to control. What is happening with the staff is now beyond you. It's beyond your control. The staff has been released. The staff is gone. You no longer have control over it. And God said to Moses, release it. Release the staff. So release it. You have to do. You know, what's God calling us? To release to him. Are there things in our hand that because of God's desire to take us another level, he's saying, release it to me. I remember a time when God called us to release control of outcome to him when we were launching our church. The journey to launching had been long and gobbled up much of our savings in the lead in. So I remember well when it was finally time to launch the church that God called us to release the last of our savings as a seed into the church. In that seed was our airfare home to Australia if things went wrong. In that seed was all we had left. It was our safety net. And we were faced with a difficult season of planning a church ahead with no idea where the people or money would come from in order, us, in order for us to be successful. 
So, so, so that we did in response to what God said. We released it. And you know what I learned? I learned something important in that moment. It's only when you surrender outcome to God and let our self-capacity to control outcome die that it opens up said outcome to God's resurrection capacity. It's on the other side of that death of control. You know, we often want God's, God on our stuff, but we won't let our self-life die in order for it to that thing to experience God's resurrection power. And God's resurrection capacity is unlimited outcome. It's five plus two equals enough to feed 5,000. There's something otherly about God. A dead man being carried at a funeral and Jesus walks into the funeral. And now there's capacity of life to bring him back from the dead. A lame man by the gate, beautiful. And Peter and John say, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. There was something otherly that was upon them as they had surrendered to God. And when you bring what is uh, of God into the equation, it changes the DNA of that on which God's capacity now suddenly comes upon that item in your arsenal. Moses has to release the staff from his hands. So many folks want to hold on to their seed as they sow it. Imagine planting a seed but being afraid to release it. And you're camping out with your fingers in the ground. You put it in there, but you haven't released control. And you sow it, but you're holding on. And you sow it, but you can't release what you've sown. You can't let go control of it. You know, part of sowing is the releasing of control of that which is sown. I'm always interested when I note that people, some people only like to sow to things, ministries, places, where they can maintain control. But God called Moses to let go of the stuff. And so there are seasons when God calls us to release to him things that have so much of ourselves and our identity and capacities written into them. But they're limited by our natural capacities. God's plan is to do more with them. He wants to take it another level. God's plan is not to anoint our flesh. God's plan is to anoint the things that we submit to him. You know, Moses threw it on the ground in verse 3. And it says that the staff became a snake and he ran from it. Oh my goodness, this is some kind of staff. It's turned to a snake. Ah, what have you done, God? Man, this snake, this staff is no longer like a snake staff. And the Lord said to him, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. And so Moses obeys. And in the story, God gives him back the staff when it's time. But now it's not just a staff. Man, this is a staff with a little something extra. It's a staff that's supernatural in the very DNA. It can turn into a snake upon command. Oh my goodness. There's some extraordinary in the ordinary, some super in the natural, some para in the normal. It's a super staff. It's a staff that's been submitted and yielded and now the very ilk and persuasion and nature of what God has handed back has him upon it. And sometimes we're like, God, I want you in my business. God, I want you in my marriage. God, I want you in my kids. God, I want you in my money. God, I want you in my career to have you on it. 
But to have the supernatural outcomes we're believing for, there is a process. And if we have not been through the process that allow God's nature and His supernatural capacity to be written through it, of obeying God when He calls us to yield that which is dear, that which allows our self-identity to still be on it. He asks that to die. And sometimes when we lay our lives on the altar, we can give God all our failures, but the part of ourselves that's tied to our successes is hard to give away. People kind of find it easy to come to God and give Him their failures, but to give God my successes, that's a very difficult thing to do. But it says in verse 4 that Moses reached out, took a hold of the snake, and then turned back into a staff in his hand. You know, people are often amazed when I share the story of our church and its food pantry, that some of the things in our hands have had unusual capacities, that, man, they've really multiplied and been successful, but most of them have never heard of the day when we had to lay things down at the altar and allow God to breathe resurrection life into it, that there are times when you feel buried, there are times when you cannot see the way ahead. It feels blocked. The past feels blocked. The future feels blocked. And you're stuck in a moment, in a season where you're literally buried and you don't have control. And in these moments, they're moments of great trust. They are moments where you've got to sit there and say, God, I trust you. May the self in me die. May you be exalted in who I am. May your resurrection power take control in my story. And God, I pray for every person that can hear me today, that has a desire that, Lord, your supernatural capacities would be outworked through that which you put in their hand. And God, I pray for C3 Southwest Washington and every person that's within it, that your supernatural capacities would come to pass, Lord God, in every life in Jesus' mighty name. And Lord God, today we submit afresh the things that you have put in our hands. And God, I pray that you would speak to people if you're causing them and calling them to yield it and to hand it over and surrender it to you today afresh. God, I pray for people that in their releasing of it, that Lord God, they'd be able to sit back with that sure enough, a sense of having given something away that's familiar, having given something away that matters. I pray that in that moment, they would have a sense of trust in Jesus' mighty name. Lord God, there'd be a sense of trust of your capacity in your timing to hand something back to us, but it's something back that's different. God, for those that are in the midst of process today, God, I pray that your Lord God, they would trust you implicitly. Those that are in the in-betweens of, of Lord God, having Lord made uh, costly sacrifices and sown seed. And Lord God, they can't yet see the, the fruit thereof. Lord God, I just pray that there'd be implicit trust in this moment, that you would work your formation in every heart in Jesus' mighty name. And we thank you for a day of increase. And we thank you a day of the supernatural outcome. And we thank you a day of your unlimited exponential capacity in every life in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, leaders, and what we do at C3 Church, visit our website at c3swwa.com.